Hi folks, a little bit of housekeeping before we start this podcast. Uh, this was recorded yesterday with uh, Fighting Inequalities, Jenny Ricks, who is living in Johannesburg. Uh, listeners will remember we've spoken to many of the contributors and many of the members of the Fight Inequality Alliance across the globe, um, some of the best uh, economists and feminists and uh, inequality experts uh, around. But we thought this was timely, so we put it out because it is well, it's not specifically about Ukraine. It's about global solidarity. Um, if you're if you're a patron, you got this yesterday. So thanks for the support. And you don't need to be listening to this feed. You get the feed without me asking for this. Uh, the other thing is tomorrow night on that Sunday, 6th of March, we are live in the Sugar Club uh, in Dublin on, on Leeson Street. So if you're around, eventbrite.ie. There's a handful of tickets left. Grab them. Come along. It's going to be an epic night. There's some brilliant guests lined up and... And unfortunately, some of some of the hosts, including myself, uh, it'll it'll be it'll be really good. I, I know it will because the last time we went to Sugar Club, it was electric. So it's a brilliant venue, and it promises to be really, really, really interesting. Um, it's Eventbrite.ie. Search for Tortoise Shack and grab the tickets uh, before they are gone. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. And today we are joined back on the podcast by someone who we've had before, Jenny Ricks, who's from the Fight Inequality Alliance. Um, Jenny, it's great to have you back on Reboot Republic um, in these really, really horrible times. Thanks for having me, Rory. Yeah, no pleasure to be here. Yeah, we were struck, myself and Tony were looking at your thread that you put up on Twitter, um, and I'm actually going to read it, and maybe then you could explain, um, you know, why you put it up, because I think it's something that's very important. Um, while we're all, you know, utterly outraged and horrified uh, by what is going on in the Ukraine, it is happening in a wider context. So I'm just going to read the thread. Um, it says, today, Ukrainians face the horror and suffering of war as do Yemenis and Ethiopians. Today, millions of Afghanis are being starved. Um, Today, Palestinians are having their homes destroyed, and so many more. Today, we are witness to the profound colonialism, racism, and white supremacy, which perpetuates violence upon those it values as less equal, upon those it dehumanizes. This is inequality at its most violent. We must be anti-war in all contexts. That, too, is part of our fight for equality. As we extend our solidarity to Ukrainians facing a war perpetrated upon them, with the same breath, we extend our solidarity to everyone affected by war. We need to uproot the racist responses and policies that privilege one refugee over another, insist on true solidarity and media coverage that doesn't favor people because of their race or nationality. No person's survival, humanity and dignity is greater than another. So calling out biased media coverage is critical. Insisting on better from our governments is necessary. If we know that, then we must act like that in our media, in our government policies, in our attitudes. It's not whataboutism to hold all these things in our gaze in times of war and crisis. It's necessary work. It is central to our fight against inequality. We can and must act with urgency and humanity for all, be they Ukrainian, Ethiopian, Syrian, or any other race, religion, creed, or nationality as equals who demand peace and justice for one another. 
Jenny, it's it's quite a powerful statement, and I did want to to read it out in full because I think you can't really capture it unless you you hear it. Maybe you could explain, yeah, why why you did write it. Yeah, thanks, Tori. It's uh, I think the reaction to the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine has produced a huge a huge outpouring of solidarity, right, and a huge amount of media coverage and political response, as you would utterly expect um for for a war of this you know this magnitude and and the suffering that is already um underway um and i and at the same time you know our membership as flight inequality alliance we're very global so a lot of our members are um african asian latin american um as well as across europe and, and north america so we kind of have a global picture of these things and and you could see people picking up in other parts of the world outside europe and north america and and also within people saying okay so we we need to we need to react and um and offer different forms of solidarity to Ukrainians, but we can already see different forms of inequality manifesting itself. And, and we can also, and we also need to challenge that, right? If there's, there's refugees coming from Ukraine in their tens of thousands, some of those people are African, maybe they're studying in the Ukraine or working in the Ukraine or whatever the yeah. situation is. And there's at the same time as there's um, amazing forms of solidarity going on where Ukrainians are crossing the border, people are offering, you know, unbelievable generosity and, and solidarity. There's also racism going along hand in hand with that. So and you see, we've, everybody's probably seen by now different media reports, clips on social media, individuals sharing specifically what's happening to them as they're trying to flee Ukraine. And they're, they're facing very real forms of racism, you know, literally because of the color of your skin, somebody doesn't want to let you on a train or to cross a border and so on. And so people have been challenging that. Um, yeah. And challenging some of the media coverage that has that has some of the mainstream media coverage, where you've seen journalists kind of revealing their own prejudices in these contexts, their own racism, saying things like they can't believe this is happening in a civilized country like the Ukraine, because it's it's it gets to those very very deep things where we're we're all conditioned, or people are conditioned uh, in many ways to you know, respond to people who look like them or who, uh, you know, who have the same, who are from the same race and so on in a way that's different to they, that they would to somebody from, from a different race. And we, we have to challenge that. So, you know, we, we felt that as much as this is a moment where um, huge amounts of solidarity and, and action needs to be taken on, on what's happening in, in Ukraine. And that's that's happening in, in swathes across Europe. And it's fantastic to see. At the same time, we can ask ourselves, it's not wrong to ask ourselves deeper questions about whether we're offering that level of solidarity to everybody who needs it. And, and the honest answer, Rory, is that we're not. You know, yeah. we're not. And, and and in our in our media coverage, particularly in the West, you know, in the media coverage, in the types of solidarity that are offered to people suffering from other conflicts across the world is not the same. Yeah. Tony, you want to come in? Uh, Jenny, I just I there are more important issues in terms of saving people's lives, obviously. But I do think the media has 
disgraced itself in some ways whereby we've seen nothing but lots of men and uh, white men talking about why these why this is different because the people look like them and they're it's happening in europe it's or some of them even saying almost europe i've heard phrases like that and it's you know it's even scarier when you when you hear the, the demarcation and the levels of, of that but they don't understand the, the the messages of prejudice they're actually sending and again I, I, it's not it's not a new point. Aaron Dahi Roy talks about lifelong lifestyle wars that have been taking place. So people in where I'm from don't have to see it. We can have it. it we can outsource it and keep our extractive inequality going. But this is now the first time that it's kind of come this way. How do we tackle that? Because it's it's so it's so endemic as, to the point where people are nodding their heads going, yes, they do look like me. This is different. <laughs> it's well, it's very deep. It is very deep, as you say. And But what I have found in the last few days, that it, there actually is a, a conversation opening up about it. I think um, in these moments of, of war and crisis, uh, where these issues are dominating the, the discourse around the world, that there is actually an opportunity to challenge what's going on and reflect reflect back to journalists and and wider society that you know there's there's massive prejudice there's there's levels of racism that are being reflected back at people and it's deeply uncomfortable and and I think but it is happening the thing that's encouraging in this situation is that it is happening in in pretty large numbers that discourse has opened up on on social media and more widely in in societies and as it kind of did um when the black lives matter in in a very different context but when the black lives matter movement became uh, a very very widespread conversation in different opened up a range of conversations around racism and the way that racism manifests itself in in different countries and different contexts across the world and a little bit of that is is happening um with this side of of the war in against ukraine and and that's to be something that we i think our challenge or our task is to stick with that conversation because it's it's uncomfortable work for people to reflect where your own prejudices are or where you, oh, yeah, I, maybe I did identify more with this war because, oh, my goodness, yeah, I'm, I'm white and, and I'm the, the images I'm seeing on the screen uh, are resonating with me in a different way than the images that I've seen from, from Yemen or Afghanistan or, you know, name any other conflicts across the world. And, and that's work that people can do personally is people, what you can do in your, in your family space, in your workspace, with your social networks and it, all the rest of it. And yeah. it's, so there's a sort of, there's a sort of, oppor- not, I mean, opportunity is the wrong word. There's a, there's a moment to, to lean into that conversation a bit yeah. harder. Um, yeah, because it's happening right now. Yeah. No, I, I do think you're right because in, you know, understandably, you know, anybody is, you know, who's got any sort of humanity that they're open to inside them, you know, looks at what's going on and, and it like is utterly, you know, like I, I struggle to not cry, you know, when you see babies in bunkers and you see all these images and they are literally just, you know, you're going, you want to do everything you can to try stop it and it is to stop war and i think that it's important as well that we don't say oh it's not you're right to say it's not just reacting because they look like us there is a humanitarian reaction and there is also a sense well this is on our doorstep as well it is a real threat there you know there's something very real there 
Um, and I think we need to, you're right, to acknowledge that and talk about it. And, you know, not to go the other way of, oh, you're just because there's some people saying, oh, you know, it's just, you know, because it's in Europe now, it matters. Well, it's not just because it's in Europe. Do you know what I mean? It is because it is a humanitarian crisis. And there was other things I was thinking about as well that I'd love to hear your, your view on in particular. It's kind of the role of inequality in creating this war as well. You know, when we see what has happened in Russia in terms of the way in which you know, neoliberal capitalism unleashed after the fall of the Berlin Wall, you know, created the oligarchs and how that system perpetuated. And of course, the other thing that, you know, the US has been fighting so many wars, you know, launching so much, you know, and I marched against them, but, you know, against Iraq, against, you know, the ongoing occupation of Palestine, that, you know, there, there, there is a role of inequality in leading to this as well, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So on on the on the first point, yeah, I think it's it's completely necessary to acknowledge the straight up front the the absolute necessity of responding like directly in the here and now to Ukrainians who are victims of the war. I mean, there's no there's no there's nothing to to debate about that. It's a, yeah. it's an absolute necessity, and people should and will be absolutely horrified by what's going on in 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 all respects so that there's that but and i but I, and i think it's a, it's an and right so it's, yeah. it's like we said in the statement it's not about saying it's a, a whataboutism if you why why do you care more about this or about that or you know creating a hierarchy of of suffering between yeah. people who are who are currently who are currently impacted by by different wars and conflicts across the globe. I think it's it's not about that. It's it's about sort of st- stretching our our gaze a bit wider to say and these things are happening just as horrifically uh in different ways in many many other countries right right now. And and so it's it's is expanding the gaze rather than saying, you know, we we only have a certain amount of bandwidth for solidarity and it's it can it can only be it can only be this or that. Yeah. I think it's yeah. it's a it's a both it's a both thing. So that that's I think the conversation that a lot of people are are interested in in having. And that's and I think that's healthy and that's good that we you know, a lot of people have remarked during the pandemic that this kind of sense that we're people have wanted that sense of global solidarity, yeah. right? That, that the pandemic ha- would be an opportunity for us to connect across borders and and for people to understand, you know, that this the COVID nineteen pandemic does you know reflect back at us the inequalities that that are were already there before the pandemic and and made them worse, but in this kind of historic period that we would be able to connect more across borders yeah. and and create a different society and and push our governments for, for quite different responses um and break that neoliberal cycle and and most people are feeling like that hasn't happened to a large yeah. extent well, but, and but, I, Je- but Jenny not only has it not happened to go to say we're now we're Germany is going to say 100 billion on spending on military equipment I mean, you know, we're, that's if we if we put that globally, right? It's estimated two hundred and fifty billion per year would be enough to tackle climate action that we need to to, to pay. For. And Germany just suddenly goes hundred billion military spending, so it it all touches. You know, it goes back to the point that that I suppose we were saying that um, we want to treat the we want to treat this, but we don't want to treat the the cause. We want to treat the symptoms right now, but not the cause. And the underlying cause seems to be. 
systemic inequality, extractivism mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, we've been talking about these things. I mean, there's talk now of Ireland buying fighter jets, but no talk of Ireland closing the loopholes that people use in Dublin to to evade taxes. I mean, right. I mean, it just seems <laughs> talk about cognitive dissonance. This is this is mad. Uh, it just it just <sighs> daft. Yeah, it it is it is. Uh, but I think again, we we're now having we're starting to have conversations about that. That for for right or for wrong, this this moment in history has now opened up. These last couple of days, the attention has started to widen a bit um, into a conversation about the money and yeah. and 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 the and the billionaires and their and their role in the in the Putin regime and how did all of that come about and where is all of this money and how how do we freeze it if we're if we're uh, implementing sanctions on on Russia and so on and then you see governments. You know, there's been debates, uh, tax justice campaigners have been advancing different policy measures like a global asset register. So we, yeah. you know, we know where all the money is and all the, the yachts and the houses and so on. And these things in these, in these times of profound crisis, there can also be opportunities to move forward policy action on things that have been stuck in kind of very niche debates and si- deliberately sidelined from public discourse and, and any real political pressure we, we've had or, you on here before like you know last year specifically talking about the need to clamp down on the tax evasion of, of you know billionaires globally and it, what was it, the movement of that money and how it was linked to criminality and and all exactly, that exactly and and in and in as you know you know sometimes the life of campaigners and activists is is to make arguments and and to advance things that it can take sometimes take very long and and you feel like a, a bit of a lone voice but then yeah. there do come moments in history where it's possible to move to move things forward and and it, and it might be it might be one of those moments around aspects of 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 the money side of things because you know, you've, you've seen just in the last few days, you know, the EU has tried to move pretty quickly. The UK government is p- deliberately dragging its feet and is and is rightly coming I, under I, massive I, fire for that. I, I refer to it as, in, in finance terms, you call it a cooling-off period. They've given <laughs> the oligarchs a, a 90-day cooling-off period. Lads, get there you go. We've given you a little bit of a buffer, which is actually... We've, we've given this, you a buffer to yeah, sell Chelsea, to sell Chelsea and your, your massive when, when London you put, put house. But the point... And, yeah, but the point is that 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 structure we have had in place for years has facilitated, you know, the build up of wealth by the oligarchs, which facilitates the build up of power by Putin, which facilitates, you know, the widening, you know, inequalities, and and you know, this is this is as I was asking you earlier, you know, in terms of like the role of inequality in getting here. This isn't just one madman. This is you know a system as well that you know, creates this type of person who has that power. It it does. And and you see, and you see on the other end that the, the people who are going to suffer the most of the outcomes of that are, you know, as we've seen in, in recent days, are, are refugees and innocent civilians, women yeah. and children on the on the sharp end, as well as people fighting directly in the war. But you know, civilians just absolutely devastated by by the conflict and you know that that's true of the wider inequalities as well that that that's the way it plays out you know it's 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 ordinary people who get yeah. who, who, who whose lives are devastated by by the outcomes of all of this um 
and, and the other thing I was going to say is that we, I, I think one of the things that we will need to do in the coming weeks and months is make sure, you know, you can already see how, how the, how this can play out where you, you, you hear people saying, people say Russian oligarchs, Russian oligarchs. Yes. We, and we use that word. Yes. Easily. Yeah. We don't, we don't say American oligarchs. The Irish we? oligarchs. Irish oligarchs, the British oligarchs, the Nigerian oligarchs. We don't say that. Why not? We call, we call them Why billionaires. Not? We call them billionaires. We call it's them a slightly nicer wealth, term. Wealth creator. We call them yeah. the wealth creators, the job creators, and so on. So there's also a need as we as we push forward, as we rightly yeah. push forward. You know, someone said um, one one of our allies, one of our members said on on Twitter the other day. Uh, you know, oligarchy anywhere is a threat to democracy everywhere. Yeah, and and that's true. So so as we're moving forward, uh, the the impetus here, that the sort of pop, the 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 chink of of light that will allow you know the politics, the geopolitics is changing is is to do with <laughs> Russia. But the solutions uh, are, are needed everywhere, wherever there's billionaires. Yeah, that, I, I I put it to you, and Rory, you can criticize me on this or tell me I'm wrong. One of the reasons Ireland, for example, hasn't moved because we couldn't just specif- specifically target Russian money because we would have to then close the section 110 for all of these billionaire wealth creators as we prefer to call them when when they they happen to be people who we maybe share um a political view with or 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 some sort of uh, that is and that is why we struggle with this because we it's it, it's it's as old as the hills you know um Poor, uh, poor Irish people are undocumented in in the US. Um, other body, other people are illegal immigrants. We know this. We 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 reframe and we 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 use different terminology. I'm very like we. Um, Rory, you spoke with Zola Condor, who's um a Ukrainian Roma uh, human rights activist, and she was talking about the fact that the racism that's appearing at the borders has been very apparent. And 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 I, uh, Jenny, I want to ask you about that because. For all the talk of it, it doesn't get enough attention. And she said, you know, discrimination to one is discrimination to all. But we're talking about now people being denied because they're people of color from their heritage or or simply because they're undocumented and may not look like uh, the, the people at the borders. Not enough, as my opinion, seems to have been done in this case or, or there's not been enough. It's kind of been like, well, we're moving mountains here to do all this. But look, can we just can we just pretend that not pretend we've mentioned it, but we need to move on. And when you have a, a member of the Roma uh, Ukrainian community saying no, uh, who's who's actually working on these things, surely we should be making more of a, a song and dance about it. We we have to be, and I I think it also depends where you're sitting. I mean, I I live in Johannesburg in South Africa, and although I'm British, and the main I mean one of the main topics of discussion you know across the continent here is exactly that. People are yes, there's the 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 context of of the entire war, of course, but people are talking a lot or primarily about the racism. Uh, against uh, African refugees in 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 Ukraine, so I, I think it also depends on on where on where you're sitting. This is this is a, a main topic of conversation in Africa, and it, I think it's like we were saying in in the fight inequality statement. It's it's a moment to insist. It's not it's not enough just to acknowledge. Oh yeah, no, that's not great, is it? If that's not good enough, you know, you're you're talking. It's literally then becomes a situation where if we let it go, then we're saying 
it, those people's lives, somebody's life on humanity matters less than another. You know, it's it's about who lives and dies in these moments. And if we're and we need to be offering, you know, no refugee is is more privileged than another for any reason, for whether any any form of identity. And 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 if we if we mean that, then then this is a moment when we have to act on it. And it's 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 also again another one of these times when it it can cut down and cut through some of these some of these really just vicious and harmful, you know, narratives and and policy, uh, the, the sort of policies that have followed from different, you know, right wing governments uh, across the continent in in recent decades, where actually we 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 get to we we get to roll some of that back and call it out in a in a time like this. So I I think we have to. It's right that the the debate has kicked up, but there's a real danger that it just, as you say, it just gets acknowledged, and then oh dear, yeah, that's a shame, and then we and then we move on because there's a lot of other things going on, but that's not good enough. That's yeah. just that's just not good enough, and it, it it it's literally yeah the 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 thing that comes home to people at times like this is when we talk about inequality, you know, it can sound. I think it's been it's also been a triumph of neoliberalism to make inequality sound like a an esoteric debate, maybe something much more about data and numbers and so on. But but it's not. Inequality is violent, and it means it means life and death in many cases. It's it's not something that's just about numbers in a chart. It's it's life and death as as to how these things play out in in our lives at the sharp end, and that's what that's part of what we're seeing unfolding now. Yeah, it is. And and it's kind of, you know, at some level, we like we look at this war and this has brought war to Europe as well. And that, you know, I think that, you know, that is very real for people in a way. And as you say, it's about then adding that on that, you know, we need to stop this war, but we need to stop all wars, you know, that this is what's happening. And, and in that, it is the time to say. Look, you know, this is what happens and I from this war. You know, it's the military industrial complex, you know, that that has benefited more and, and as you know, that we need you know, the mobilization of resources that you know will need to be, you know, like we don't know where this is going, but at some point Ukraine will hopefully be able to recover and you know people will be able to move back and get their lives back and the process of mm. reconstruction and the investment needed for that. That there's countries around the world, you know, Palestine, you know, Syria, Yemen, that, that need similar, that, you know, that we think about that. You're right, you know, that common humanity. Um, and then, of course, there's the climate as well in all this, you know, and what war does to climate, the consumption of resources, the, um, the destruction of resources. Like I was watching, you know, we've debates here about the concrete, you know, that's needed to build new homes and you should use vacant homes. And then you just watch this destruction mass destruction of material that you know again is destroying you know the environment the you know the 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 oil and then of course there's the nuclear issue and there's all this and i just think it's at some level it has to and we have to again use it like the pandemic and it's an ongoing battle to say uh, but, but R- is- rory I'm, I'm sorry now but the, we lost the battle on the pandemic because all the things that they said that they could do they still didn't even lift the trips but tony it's jenny's point though that we think maybe that battle was lost but it has gone like, you know, the people yeah, saw okay. it as well that the, the way change happens isn't necessarily people just react immediately to something. It takes time, but it's opened more people's eyes to 
what can be done and what. Yeah, okay, it's I, I get that, but I just like I mean specifically, let's talk like this. Last May, we covered a bombardment in in Palestine. We covered that with I was talking to Hannah on the ground. It was the most traumatic experience I've done in in broadcasting, and it absolutely um, stays with me. But it didn't get the response that it that this last week does. Now I'm not I'm not I don't want to say apples is apples and all the rest of it. Of course, there's difference. But when you think about how it was how it was dealt with, and then on the flip side, this week we put out a podcast with uh, from Hannah McCarthy reporting from Kabul about twenty million. I mean, they don't know where their next meal is coming from, mm. and we put up the links. Please donate here. Please donate there. And a few people sent me messages saying, thanks for doing this, Tony. I've donated. When I say to you, a multiple of that have donated to the Ukrainian Red Cross and, and the other, you know, I don't, it's not what about me to point this out. It's just saying, you know, it, there was a lot of money frozen on, on Afghanistan when the Taliban took power and it was frozen. And Joe Biden said this because we want to, fr- we're freezing the money to, to punish the Taliban and to keep it some of it to pay reparations to the victims of 9-11. 9-11 wasn't perpetrated by Afghanistan. The, 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 the people who perpetrated Libyan uh, nationals, and yet we don't hear any of them having to pay reparations. So all of this, this is inequality, wrote, bare, and people are starving in Afghanistan. And I, 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 that's, I haven't even questioned. I've just gone on a rant, so apologies. No, it's it. But that's. I think that's the point. Is that we are with this conversation and with the statement and with with the things that our members around the world have been raising is 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 to ha- provoke this conversation and and yeah. that we don't we don't just leave it there. That as as people are as people are responding in their in their droves across Europe to to what's happening in Ukraine, we can we can use that as as a way to continue the conversation and ask and ask these questions and say we and people won't won't, I suppose it's trying to push also we need to push through the sort of the cognitive dissonance that people we often have is that we no I think people probably wouldn't deny that there's a there's a common humanity and that you know anyone suffering from war anywhere you know needs the same I think a lot of people wouldn't deny that but then we we have to lean into those parts where our actions and our government policies don't match up with that because yeah. that, that's that's where we are is I, I don't think at a rhetorical level many people would disagree with what we've just said but I think there's there's this huge gulf in 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 action and in real in tangible solidarity and that and that's where we have to keep pushing and building and in, inviting people to to contribute and extend extend their gaze that that's that's the task at hand for us is is to build that broader solidarity so that people kind of challenge themselves about what solidarity really means because it's you you can't have oh i'm just gonna i i'm just gonna offer solidarity to you but not to you i don't i I don't like you can can i make one last point on solidarity and uh, listeners are probably fed up long-term listeners be fed up with me saying this but um if you're look, Bernadette Devlin Michalski, um, uh, Jenny, she's a she's a hero in in Ireland. Uh, she she's um, <laughs> she's a long time. She she was shot on Bloody Sunday. She's uh, she's a, a long time campaigner, human rights activist. But I was actually um, I was hosting 
a, uh, the, the celebration of 35 years since the Dunn Stores apartheid strikers. And I was one of the hosts at it. And Bernadette was there. And everybody did what we what we were doing. We all went, oh, and solidarity with this and solidarity with this and solidarity with this. And, and she and she and um, Bernadette sat back and she said, everybody's talking about solidarity. And she said and in her chair, she said, solidarity means I'm behind you. And then she leaned back and she said, I'm not telling you how far behind you I'm standing, though. <laughs> and we have a huge issue already means on a spectrum now and we need to move from uh, and Rory it was it was Peter McVerry put it to you we we need to move from solidarity to, to true compassion and I think that's where we need to go if we another we'd care about all of these aspects absolutely and, and I do think like it goes back to you know the crude the type of economics that we have dictating you know our societies you know it's the crude individual you know, mm. neoliberal, everybody's out for themselves. You make money. You know, we look at who's promoted in society as what's promoted, like these billionaires, you know, Jeff Bezos talking about, you know, creating colonies in space because we've now reached finite resources. Like we don't promote a cooperative, compassionate, you know, economies and societies. That's not what we promote. And wars stem from that. And, you know, what where we're at in terms of the inequality stem from that. So we do need to name it. And sometimes we just list it off as, oh, that's capitalism. But it's more than that. It is a value system that is really, you know, dysfunctional and um, anti-human in, in, in its deepest respects, I think. Jenny, in terms of what people can do, because I know that's a big issue. People, you know, I feel it. You really feel powerless at the moment and you want to do things for the Ukraine and you want to do things globally. What what can people do? Well, I think I think there's there's a number of ways that people can can take action. I mean, you can you can join Fight and Equality Alliance and, and take different forms of solidarity action with people across the globe. Um, there's plenty of, of ways to to respond to what's happening in Ukraine. I'm sure many of your listeners will have already yeah. gone to to demonstrations, may even be opening up their homes, donating different things. Um, there'll be and there'll be various forms of campaigning action that people can take. Some of which we've started to touch on as this continues to unfold. Um, about di- lots of different aspects of, of the war um, and whether we we can tackle uh, you know the billionaire oligarchs and and various things that that need to happen on a structural level as well as as well as stopping the war itself. Um, so I, I think there's 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 no shortage of things, practical things to do, and and ways to add your your voice and so on. And and but I think also you know to the to the point that you're making about what neoliberalism has done to us as as people and as societies. I think those are conversations that we need to keep having. You know, with yeah. with, with people in our in our circles and and beyond, because I think we un, we underestimate it. I think you're yeah. right. It's the conditioning that it that it gives us that on on some level, when things get too much and in weeks like this, you know, the news is is really overwhelming for people. The rea- because the reality is overwhelming. It's not just yeah. to cut the news. Yeah. The reality is overwhelming. The suffering is overwhelming. And 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 it's it can disempower everybody because it just feels so horrific. And we're all quite depleted 
because of the pandemic. I think everyone has, in their own ways, has been through a lot over the last couple of years, and now we have this you know new new specter of 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 war kind of unfolding this this extra war unfolding and it's it's kind of too much for people so i think it's also that thing of building our communities that practice of self care kind of expanding that that knowledge so that you you tap into the communities around you and you you know we deconstruct some of these narratives that really take hold in our minds and our hearts and that it's it doesn't it doesn't feel and that's the stuff that will also re-energize us to feel more connected to other people rather than to kind of retreat and feel isolated and overwhelmed on an individual level the way forward from that is to connect to others and and that's where we that's where we on a on a more emotional level a psychological level can feel that there is still some possibility and some hope that there are lots of other good people out there who who envision a very different future as well and are willing to do things to work towards that but the you know Steve Biko and many other brilliant minds have said this you know that these these battles begin in the mind so yeah. when we have uh, that was not a direct quote from Biko he's more eloquent than, than than I ever will be but you know these these things are begin in the mind if if you if you are at the point where you where you don't believe we can resist and you don't believe that we we can we can create something better or challenge any of these structures and and create a new system then then it's it's defeat isn't it and that's part of what neoliberalism does to us it encourages that so one our first act of resistance is is to take the time and the space to to care for ourselves and to connect with others and and nourish our nourish ourselves to think and believe and know that we can we can we can do so much better than this absolutely yeah no i i completely agree and i really struck by you know what you said there that it is the connection with others you know that really lifts you out of that sense of despair and that sense of you know when you you see it in the ukraine even in terms of the you know the people ordinary people staying back to fight and defend their place you know defend their their land that you know they do that together you know you look at it i even think you know, talking to my own teenage son about you know i can see him despairing like he's just going to war the climate like what the hell future have we got ahead of us and i just go you know you do look at that but then we have to hold on to hope that there is a different way of doing things, as you say. And the more of us who say that there is a different way to do this. I even think of the people, you know, incredible people protesting in Russia against the war, you know, the soldiers. I, I was just going to and- I was just going to say that, actually, is that we and, and I think it's important in in shows like this and, and wherever we can is to give visibility to those the things that people are doing here and yeah. now to to stand up you know really bravely you know R- russians resisting the war against their own government under huge threat ukrainians doing all kinds of amazing things in these circumstances despite personal tragedy and suffering and and, and i think and 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 multiply that to every country across the world where where you look and and you listen, you can find those inspirational stories of people doing, yes, some individual acts, but in many cases, people are already joining together in, in different struggles to, to do practical things, to imagine alternatives, to and 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 to work towards that. So we also need to 
make sure that we don't kind of drown ourselves in the the doom scrolling and the and all the things that um that kind of after a certain point we need to know what's going on and we need to inform ourselves but sometimes after a certain point it's it's self-defeating because you it, it just feeds into a bit of existential mm. horror and 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 then it does it does disempower you because these challenges are are fundamental and they're serious there's there's no denying your the angst that your your son has about the future because yeah the the state of the wars the climate the the levels of inequality we have are are profound they're profound worries but at the same time there are there are also and there are also amazing people around the world in in big numbers also um also doing incredible things so both both and and i think we we don't we don't enough we don't hold both of those realities in our gaze so the point also that we we were talking about earlier about widening our our gaze of solidarity to all these different conflicts and and so on going on across the world and 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 some of the root causes i think it's also true that we we don't we don't give enough sort of time and headspace to to the good things uh, and the good work that people are doing because that can feed more positivity and it's not about naive false false hope and and pretending mm. everything's great it's not about that but we also can't deny yeah we can't deny those brilliant and brave things that so many of us are doing that yeah. that's that's not helpful either yeah yeah no and i think uh, we we i think we we'll finish on that for today i think that um that is the importance that you know even at the midst of this war and war globally and and inequality and climate there is hope in people you know f- acting out of their humanity and acting out of solidarity and and that is going on around the world and that is the hope we have to hold on to and that's what we have to keep trying to do in all the different ways we can um so listen jenny thanks so much for for taking the time um today and it's been really um i found it yeah good hopeful talking to you in this really really difficult time yeah me too i and i'm glad we we had this space because it's you know these issues are are complex but they're also moments where we we can have a lot of important conversations like like the things we've explored today because you know too often i think uh too often we don't take the time and the space and then and then we do miss the opportunities where we can we can challenge some of the systemic causes of of what's going on and 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 so it's it's important we have as as many spaces like today as possible yeah yeah no i agree and and um you know and hopefully i think it, listeners as well will just have got that bit of time as well to to think a bit about that and to take that that message of you know the hope is in the solidarity and um listen thanks jenny and we'll can talk I, can, to you can again I just, soon. can i just say fightingequality.org folks if you want to follow the work that the guys do so it's it's, it's very helpful to to check that out because it is a global alliance and they, they do terrific work some some fabulous people They've, you've heard contribute regularly and um, we're delighted to 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 share some of their some of the stuff that's been done but definitely check out fightinequality.org um get your name on the on the mail listing and 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 that's how we that's how we very rory no no you're right it, it absolutely we highlight that so the fight inequality alliance um and you're on twitter as well 
um check it out are you on instagram as well jenny we are instagram yeah. facebook twitter everywhere everywhere yeah um, come join great yeah people check it out and let's let's build this uh movement global movement of solidarity that's really going to be needed for the coming years and decades ahead um and yeah carry the hope and um as well to listeners thank you so much to those who are patrons who sign up um each month to contribute to the cost of producing um reboot republic we are produced by tortoise shack media tony produces it um this is a independent podcast independent media we get absolutely no sponsorship we are completely reliant on our listeners to fund um the cost of production which is a cost um so please if you can go over to patreon.com forward slash tortoise track sign up for there's various um options there you can sign up for two euro five or ten or fifteen euro a month you get then the podcast first into your email inbox as soon as they're produced before they go out everywhere else you also get up to sign up to and get notice of things like our live show, which is on Sunday coming Sunday, Tony. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, live on stage in, in the Sugar Club this Sunday. Vicky um, is taking the lead. Vicky is taking the lead. It's going to be a very special podcast on the Stardust with two of the two of the family members who lost siblings in that tragedy um, are going to speak uh, for one of the first times, but the 48 who never came home. So uh, it's going to be a poignant evening, but I do promise there will also be some fun just before we get very heavy. So come yeah. along. it won't all be heavy. But and like- are you going to do your fact check? No, no. I, I actually got a text from um, the, the producer in RT to ask me, do I, do I do that on stage? I said, no, only... Um, really? I know you'll have to you'll have to do a fact check. To, uh, yeah. What do they call it? Um, a short little two minute, you know, of something. Just jump up at some point and uh, yeah. fact check somebody at some inappropriate moment, you know. I, 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 maybe there may be something happening. But look, thanks Very for the good, support, yeah. lads. We'll we'll um, that's we'll Sunday ju- night in the Sugar Club. Oh, and I genuinely cannot wait. There's a yeah. couple of tickets left, so grab them if you can. Very uh, good. And, and thanks again, Jenny. Um, yeah. Thank thanks you, for- Jenny. Thank you, everyone. Pleasure. Stay- thanks, for, thanks for having me. Thanks. And listeners, thank you. And we will talk to you soon.